Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukla, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to another Core Parenting Conversation. Today, I'm excited to bring to you a good friend of mine, mom friend in the community. Her name is Jill, and she is here to talk with us about collaborating in the schools and with the school teacher and that tricky balance between advocating for your child and honoring, trusting, and respecting the teacher's professional role. And so I'm so excited to bring her here. Jill, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this discussion with you today. Great. Well, I want you to explain. I wanted you to tell your story a little bit and how you wound up here and why she's not just some random mom friends that I picked to talk about this. She actually, we have collaborated together for, gosh, six-ish years now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My eldest and her son are about almost the same exact age. So about six years. And I've really watched you navigate some tricky waters with such grace and just openness and just an eager to learn and grow and still advocate very strongly for your son. It's just been such an amazing thing to watch. So tell people what brought you here. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I have just loved working with you over the last few years and have learned so much. But most importantly, I'm just so grateful for your friendship. You've just been such a blessing to my family. But first and foremost, I'm a mom to a second grade boy. And I've worked in the communications field for almost 20 years now. Probably most relevant to this conversation is I worked as the director of communication at a private school in Atlanta. So my role there was really facilitating the school to home and home to school communication. And so while I'm not a teacher, I have worked in school administration alongside teachers, but now I have the perspective of being a parent of a student. Yes. So that collaboration and that connection were really two of the things that set the tone for how you went into the school system with your child. Absolutely. And coming from my professional background, when my son started kindergarten, I thought, I got this. I did this for a living. I know how to work, communicate and work with the school and work with the teachers. And it was a totally different ball game. I was totally thrown for a loop and really had to start over and think about what I was trying to accomplish as a parent and really learn how to advocate for my son within the school system. And I should say that my son is in the public school system. So it's not a perfect system and learning how to work within the confines of, of that school system. 
when he started, how would you describe your approach and what did you find? And also note that his kindergarten year was 2020, right? Like the 2019 to 2020 school year. So everything shut down in March. Yeah. But just even that fall experience, because then spring went to, <laughs> it exploded a little bit. But just that fall experience, how did you go in initially thinking and approaching the system. And we're just going to talk about the system, meaning there's a collaborative team, the teacher, the school district, and different resources within that system. Yes. So he started in kindergarten right in the middle of the pandemic. So already there's a lot of challenges. Teachers are under extreme stress, navigating new waters. So that was a big, a big thing I really had to consider is that He's starting school. It's a new experience for him, but it's also really thinking about it's a new experience for these teachers as well and realizing that they are under extreme challenges right now with these new kindergartners. So one thing I think I really learned that year was just how much pressure they're under and all the different requirements and policies. And they would love to just spend their entire time and energy on your child, but there are so many other things that they are having to consider each day. And if I'm expecting a certain amount of communication from them, it's just not going to happen at this point. And so really, I think altering my expectations a little bit, but also letting them know what works best for our family. How do we like to be communicated to? And one thing I learned during that kindergarten year that I've carried with me each year is, you know, we tend to reach out to teachers when there's a problem behavioral issue or academic concern, but why not reach out to them now? And especially now at the start of the school year, just introducing yourself, introducing your child, maybe giving them a few interesting things about your your child, how they learn best. I always do this after Meet the Teacher. I did this this year. And I think it's particularly helpful to do too if your child has any extra support or dietary restrictions or allergies. It just gives them a little bit more information and lets them know how you like to receive feedback, how you like to be communicated to. Should they reach out to you via email or text or phone? You know, I'm in a co- I co-parent my son. And so do they need to reach out to both parents? Who's the primary one? So I really made a point to highlight how he communicates best at the start of the year and start building that connection on day one and then continue it throughout the year. You know, when we were like in teacher college, for lack of a better term, they tell us don't let your first communication be with the parent when there's a problem. Introduce yourself. So the teachers, like this is what I heard as a new young teacher, reach out to the parents, introduce yourself, tell them something interesting, you know, build that homeschool connection. And I just think, so teachers are already charged with doing that. And it might be a simple letter they send home the beginning of the year. It might be an email. Some teachers still do phone calls, you know, introducing. So all of that, but it's so important for parents to do that as well, because I think, and I mentioned this, I believe in last week's podcast about just replying, you know, I get a weekly email from the teachers, just like a summary of the week from both classrooms. And I just always try and reply with, 
a thank you or a comment on something like, wow, that it looks like they were really engaged in that lesson or what a neat idea. And also things I've noticed about my child or helpful tips because the first six weeks are all about building that connection and community in the classroom. It sets the tone for the rest of the year. Absolutely. And building that connection early on really creates that trust and that openness so that when there, you know, if there is a problem or a concern down the line, you have that rapport, you have that trust built in. Yeah. I think what you said about that safety and that trust, when we have conversations about challenges our child is having, those are really vulnerable conversations. Those are really hard, uncomfortable conversations and emotional. And if we don't have that baseline connection and trust with the teacher, those conversations become that much more difficult, that much more emotionally charged when we already have that connection with that person who's giving us feedback about our child. Whether it be positive, you know, like ooey gooey rainbow unicorn, like great stuff, or whether it be like the tricky stuff, which are growing pains, you know, let's not forget these are children, we're going to have growing pains, y'all. It just makes it that much easier to navigate and really feel like we're a part of that team mindset. And we're all on team childs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to bounce off of that, that is one thing I really work hard on is the language I use when I do communicate with the teachers is using we instead of you or using we're team, like you said, team child, or I would insert my son's name and, you know, we're all a member of this team. Thank you for being a member of his team. And my son has heard me use it so many times that he uses it too. He'll say, they're a member of my team. (laughs) So that's so cute. They hear you and they really understand what's going on between home and school. That's so sweet. I love that he says that. He is such an optimist. Like his personality, he just, I can totally hear that because he just oozes that bubbly optimism. So an enthusiasm about the people he loves. Yeah. He knows they're all on his team and, you know, they're people he can trust and that he is safe with. So in addition to just building that connection as a parent, really working to foster that connection with my child and the teacher. And one thing I, I really work on to help with that is, my child receives speech services at school. So the SLP is also a member of his team. And one thing I was noticing last year is, you know, if a teacher would come in on a Monday morning and say, Hey, how was your weekend? What did you do? His automatic answer would be, I don't know. Now, obviously he does know, but he can struggle with spontaneous speech. And I don't know is kind of just a stalling tactic for him, for his brain to process some of those WH questions can be a little tough. So what did you do? He needs to stall and pause. Well, the teacher is greeting 20 students or more. (laughs) They don't have time to pause. They're also not a speech therapist. So one thing I did to be proactive to really kind of help build that connection was I started sending quick little emails on Sunday nights to all the members of his team, his SLP and his teacher, just telling them what he did over the weekend, super short, three to four bullet points, sometimes a photo. Hey, this is what he did this weekend. Here are some talking points if you want to bring this up. So that way on Monday morning, instead of the teacher saying, Hey, what did you do? And him saying, I don't know. And that moment of connection is lost. 
Instead, they saw the email and said, hey, I heard you went to the water park this weekend. I love going to the water park. This ride is my favorite. Which ride was your favorite? And the connection there starts to build and they loved it. I get so much positive feedback from the teacher. If I forget to send it one Sunday, they email me and say, where's the email? (laughs) We want to know what he did over the weekend. And then my son comes home and says, you know, let's just say Mrs. Smith. Mrs. Smith told me she likes the water park too. How cool is that? And it's just something that takes five minutes. And if they don't read it or they don't have time, that's okay too. But I know that I am being a little bit proactive in ways to foster that connection. I got goosebumps because it's so simple, yet please don't underestimate how powerful that is. Because what that does for any child, not just your son, but any child, is they feel a sense of belonging. They feel a sense of like, I matter and Mrs. Smith cares about me. She cares enough about me to know what I did this weekend. And there's this connection between them because now we have the shared topic point of water parks, for example. So there's that sense of belonging, the safety and connection that provides for that child and that community is so powerful. And it's so simple. And what I love about that too is there's so much talk about teacher expectations and that it is a heavy load that teachers are carrying right now, heavy, heavy load. And that doesn't add to their workload. It actually makes their workload more authentic. You know, that daily greeting, they're able to be a little more authentic, maybe even enjoy it more because there's that deeper connection without adding another checklist, another goal that they like data point, they have to write down something else to embed in the lesson plans. You know, it's not anything extra and it's just so powerful. So that idea in and of itself, I do that too when we go on trips or if my children miss a day of school or, you know, I always provide the teachers with a little recap summary of with a photo maybe of what we did or because I think that helps my child reintroduce into the classroom community after maybe missing a few days. I absolutely agree. And sometimes, I don't know in your classroom, but sometimes the teacher will email me and say, can I share this photo with the class? Or is it okay if your son shares about this with the class too? And that just gives him so much pride and so much confidence. And again, like you said, creates that feeling of belonging within his classroom community. So it's been a very simple thing to do. And like I said, it does not take a lot of time. And if they don't have time to read it one week, totally okay. But at least it's, you know, it's again, working within the confines of the system and what can you do on your own? What can you do to be proactive, to really set your child up for success? This core parenting conversation is brought to you by Kaylee's Core Membership. If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working, (laughs) if you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. 
we talk about real-life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples often given on social media. You can learn more about this program by heading to my website, www.kayleekukla.com backslash core, C-O-R, for Centered on Relationships. The link is in the show notes. Now back to this core parenting conversation. So the proactive things, you know, the terminology of the team and the we, and also introducing your child, getting to know the talking points of the weekend, those are all super great proactive. There was one other, I guess it's kind of a responsive, but it's also kind of a proactive strategy that you mentioned that I wanted to bring out because I think it goes into this category of homeschool communication, preserving the relationship with the teacher with your child. So let's say you do get the sticky (laughs) email. I call them sticky tricky email from the teacher saying, you know what, Billy and John just could not leave each other alone on the playground today. They were really having a hard time really going at it. And it even got a little physical. This is how I handled it. Please talk to him at home about it. How do you honor the teacher's request and also address a challenging situation in the classroom with your child without disconnecting the child from the classroom, the student or the teacher? Well, I think preserving the relationship with the teacher, like you said, that is very important. And that is something I really worked on and have learned how to do a bit better. Still a work in progress, but you know, if you do get an email like that, well, first one, as a parent, one of your first things you might want to do is fix it, but you know, call the <laughs> yeah. teacher and right, want to right. fix it. But instead of when your child gets home and saying, Mrs. Smith emailed me, what happened during recess? What was going on? Especially, you know, in the car, on the ride home, that is only going to create a rift between him and the teacher. It's going to create distrust. It doesn't serve anything and it doesn't foster that connection with your child. So instead, if I got an email like that, what I would really try to do is get home, let him decompress. And then when we're in a a nice, calm, connected moment, then I would have some curiosity, which is something you have really taught me to really (laughs) dive into get some curiosity with him and say, Hey, how was recess today? Who did you play with? And just kind of go from there and leave it really open, relaxed, build that connection. Nine times out of 10, it will come out and he will tell me what happened and we'll work through it. And then I can follow back up, circle back up with the teacher, let her know we had a conversation. This was his perspective. This is what we talked about. Let me know if there's anything else you know, you want me to reach out about. You know, we had some sticky, tricky emails like that last year with my eldest. And I feel like the playground politics get a little more intense, like in first grade. Yeah. (laughs) And a part of that is, hey, I just want to say a part of that is completely developmentally appropriate. They're more socially aware, more self-aware. And with that comes more conflicts. And that's okay. We don't need to shy away from that. But we got some of those emails home. And with those curious conversations, also leaning in with the teacher and saying, you know, I told him at this point when the conflict gets to this point, you know, if he's saying stop or if it's really bothering him and 
he's supposed to walk away. And if he needs help, come find you. That way the teacher has that on their radar so that they can then facilitate that at school. So when that student comes to them with the, you know, I've said stop, he's not stopping, or he doesn't want to play what I want to play and won't play with me otherwise, or whatever the conflict is, the teacher now has this agreed upon script. Yes, I love that. And knows not to brush it off because this is what we're facilitating now for this to help support this child. If you've never been on a playground with a bunch of pre-K, kindergarten, first graders, you know, you get a lot of that often. And it's hard to know when a child needs support, when they can figure it out on themselves, maybe when they're just venting to you. You know, it's a fine line to walk. So if we help facilitate that with the teacher and give them a heads up, it can be a game changer. It absolutely can. And that relationship your child has with their teacher is so important I mean, aside from their parents, they are spending so much time with that teacher and you don't want to sever that by creating some distrust or a place where they don't feel safe or they can be themselves. So really working hard to not say, your teacher called me and said this or this and this. And then, you know, they're like, well, are they going to email my mom tomorrow? Are they going to call you? So that has been something that I've been very conscious about. That's great. Just leaving it. And we've talked so much about curiosity, just in opening up those doors of conversation and really keeping it general, because then you're going to get more authentic feedback from your child. They're not going to be put on edge because the moment you say. And you're having a more productive conversation between them and the teacher as well. 100%. Okay. So love that because that's a little bit, I feel like that's a little bit proactive in, you know, we're kind of getting ahead of what could snowball into a bigger problem, but it's also responsive too. something did happen. Now we're entering into the territory of what could be an uncomfortable conversation, but instead of adding more dysregulation to it, bigger emotions to it. You know, we're opening up this non-judgmental, super curious, collaborative conversation. And we're being the liaison between our child and the teacher and the school. So it's really, really super powerful. Absolutely. And one thing I would just add is if the same situation continues to arise. So if your teacher is telling you that, okay, we're still having the same thing coming up. I'll give you one example that happened last year my son would get really anxious about dismissal time. And so leading up to dismissal time, we would start to see a little bit of dysregulation, just really kind of having a hard time and going back and forth with the teacher and being able to have that open dialogue, that collaborative relationship. We came up with a great solution to buddy him up with a safety patrol buddy that would take him from class to car line. And so he was not by himself. He always knew he had a buddy And that was something I was just so grateful to her for that idea and that we had built that relationship up and had noticed that this was a pattern and we were not seeing a lot of improvement. So what was kind of at the root of it? And we were able to come up with a solution together that worked really well. And because you had this ongoing dialogue with the teacher, 
what could have been the conversation of he's not listening during dismissal time. He just gets up and moves around a lot or whatever, you know, the behavior focused dialogue could have been. Instead, it was this very much, okay, here's the problem. And it was a solutions-based conversation because y'all had that relationship and you had set that precedent for being willing to collaborate on looking past the behavior, really looking to understand your child and bringing that into the dialogue with the teacher so that that then became, even if she, you know, not every teacher has a beyond behaviors paradigm. And sometimes through our dialogue, that's what we're creating, you know, subliminally sometimes. (laughs) So, and that's what happened is there were some needs. He had some extra needs in those moments, needs for support. And that's what the conversation focused on was needing a little more support. And what does that look like practically in a public school classroom. Exactly. <laughs> with one teacher. and with those one teacher. At dismissal time, which is chaotic. What can we do? And yeah, you're absolutely right. We were able to really collaborate when we kind of saw a pattern happening and focus on the solution. I just love that so much because again, just like your bullet points, the weekend bullet points that you provided to the teacher... It was not adding to her plate. Yes. I really understand after working in a school administration, how much teachers are doing and all the different ways they have to manage the students. So many different learning styles. I admire them so much. I can't imagine. However, I also have learned that that is not a reason not to reach out to them. So learning that Yes, their plates are full. Yes, they are overworked. Yes, they have a lot going on. But we can still reach out to them with any concerns or looking to collaborate on something we're seeing as long as we're using the most respectful language. And that comes back to how to communicate that words matter. The language you use matters. Even starting off the email with, I can't imagine how much you're doing today. And then going into what you want to talk about or just really understanding where they're at, where they're coming from. I think it's just, it's a much more respectful way to, to reach out to the teachers. Yeah. So Jill, I just, I want to say thank you for all of this. I think, you know, what I really wanted to do was just kind of tickle people's awareness about this going into the new school year. So we can set that precedent with really a teacher is probably next to primary caregivers. I mean, they are a primary caregiver to our children. They're right up there with parents or co-parent in these situations. And so preserving that relationship, engaging in this ongoing dialogue, you know, if your child, I think what's really interesting and you and I have navigated it with your son throughout the years is, you know, all of a sudden something will pop up. Like maybe we get, you know, the work, the morning work time figured out and settled in. And then all of a sudden it's this dismissal too that's now popping up. And that's an ongoing dialogue with the teacher, not a one and done conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. It just makes such a difference to really invest in this relationship. 
I mean, this person is taking care of your child six, seven hours a day. Why not put in the extra work if you can? I know everybody's busy, but just take a few minutes to really invest in this relationship with your child's teacher. It will only benefit your child. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your expertise and giving people some really practical, simple, tactical things they can walk away with to help start, you know, start the year on a great note. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. 